Hello and welcome back to the Bring It podcast. Uh, slightly more serious tone today. Uh, it's not about us. This is Remembrance Day. Um, I think there's another one on Sunday, um, but this is the main one, uh, the 11th of the 11th. Uh, and there was there was a minute silence at eleven o'clock. I, I don't know if anyone forgot about that, but I did. I did it with my mum. Oh, I didn't even realise it was the eleventh today. I think I, think, I only I remembered think... because um, that, well, we were watching this morning anyway, and they were preparing us for, it and I was like, ah, oh, yes. I think <laughs> I was. I think I was nice and quiet at eleven anyway. So yeah, I, I was just I, I'm sitting sure down I on my own. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, um, not to uh, say we're not patriotic. Yeah, no, as, uh, as, as, as much as we joke around, it, it, it's nice to pay homage to all the very young people, people younger than us who lost their lives in uh, both wars. Um, so, but, um, but we wanted to just talk about today whether um, you, you have films and games. I think from a very young age, you're kind of a bit desensitised uh, towards war until you get to a certain age and you start getting educated about how kind of horrific it could be. Um mm. Uh, so like you know because you play cod before you have your first history lesson about uh about war in some cases uh and and you might watch i've watched same private ryan i think i can't believe that as a 15 by the way uh, I've, i'll get onto that later mm. but um <laughs> but um no no it's just um we wanted to talk today about whether films uh and tv shows more so films really uh do justice um to those events and if maybe that they um if maybe they don't necessarily do the job of educating us that they should maybe that maybe in some films they they slightly glorify uh, war uh but anyway that 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 that's the sort of the general tone um yeah. tom was saying not necessarily it's... yeah what do you want to say tom well it's, yeah it's just saying this is sort of like a generalization of war films those two categories it's not it's, we're not saying that everything falls under those two categories. Mm-hmm. You just look at like I don't remember which Blackadder it was, but whichever one is the war-based one, it's not exactly Blackadder goes to yeah, I've got yeah. that on my list. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not yet. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. I did no, no, no. I do. I I, I love Blackadder uh, goes yeah. forth. It does switch it's, its, it's tone up a bit, one. doesn't it? Yeah, it's the best one. Yeah, I love all the Blackadders, but yeah, that is definitely my favorite one. It's the one. I think it's the only one I watched all the episodes to. Uh, it does have like a sort of a jokey tone the whole way through it, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was like disrespectful. It's more like the yeah, whole yeah. very British attitude of just sort of making light of everything. The end's really sad of that. I remember. I love the ending of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very it was... in tone with the whole, I don't know, the hopelessness of World War One, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was like when Darling joined everyone. Uh, by the way, that was a last minute yeah. decision. That was a U-turn to call him Captain Darling. Oh, really? um, because it was a joke that uh, Stephen Fry thought of, um, but yeah, no, 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 that's a that's that's jokey for about ninety five, ninety nine percent of it, and yet I I never thought, even sort of in the era that I'm in, I never really thought to myself, oh, I don't know about that. They're sort of uh, making light of people's suffering. It was gem, it was generally just a sort of, um, and especially in that era, like I think they were better at making light of things and not necessarily being too offensive. But they did you have can... that scene which just completely leveled things out where yeah. they were like, oh, I'm scared, sir. And then it was can, like, good um, luck, everyone. You can make light of any situation, can't you? I'm sure the soldiers were cracking jokes in the trenches and stuff. Yeah. I don't, think it... mm. that, I don't um... feel like... That's a weird one. I don't, feel like... I don't feel like if that came out today, people would get annoyed about it. 
I, I honestly wouldn't know. I don't know. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it, but I just, um, I, I never really know. Mm. Uh, something I did also, uh, I, I learned from some of, um, I can't remember which trivia page it was, but the, um, the, uh, the 19, the, the, the football thing that happened at Christmas, cause, um, there was a common myth going around, uh, that, that World War One would finish at Christmas, uh, in 1914. Mm. And then, I mean, obviously, everyone realised that it wasn't going to end, and there were. But this was the first year where everyone was sort of singing carols across the um, across the trenches, and then there was that football thing. That was all in the first year, and then after that football palaver thing, um, that it was banned. All that stuff was like in nineteen by nineteen fifteen, they were they got a big ticking off for that, and it never happened again. But um, yeah, that was um, all all of that sort of um, like hearty stuff. I think started to fade as everyone realised it was going to be a long time long term uh, much like the coronavirus maybe hmm. good segue draw your parallels draw your yeah. parallels yeah learn learn from history mm. um, but anyone anyone got any like fat examples from the get go uh, of where they where know. they think uh, sort of I've got one for World War 1 yeah I've done, I haven't just done well. World War 1 yeah I should point yeah. that right uh, from the get go yeah I, I've got loads I, of them. I don't even think any of mine are World War 1 Oh right, I've got, well, I think I know they're not. Oh, I've got, I've got, um, nineteen seventeen. Have oh, you both seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got notes for that. I, yeah. I, ha- I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I'm, I, I think I don't oh, know that. I think that's oh, one of the best, bad. best war films I've ever seen. To be honest, it's definitely that, up there. In God, terms Tom, of like, no, go on. Tom would be writhing in a seat. They'd have to put like plastic down, wouldn't they? On the, on the. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> That'd be like one of those things, you know, like Fifty Shades of Grey. There to do that, they had to put plastic down on the seats. That'd be Tom in oh, 1917. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know, Tom. I don't know. I've just heard that. <laughs> I just heard Tom Purcell walks through those doors, put plastic down on the seat. I don't know what's going on with him, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a big. I haven't. I haven't seen the film, so I, I've got no clue. <laughs> anyway, 1917. In terms of like a film capturing how visceral I imagine mm. war to be, I don't think there's many better. Like the way, yeah, it, yeah, what, what's the shot they use? I'm going to have voice cracks today, by the way, because my I've got I've got a sore throat. Either way, um, I think the they just of, they just call it a tracking shot, wouldn't they? Yeah, a tracking shot or a, a dolly shot, they call it as well. Yeah, whatever it is. It, yeah, bit of both. The maybe. whole the whole film is filmed. It meant to be. I think it's two continuous shots in total. Yeah. But, like it's meant man. to be filmed. Yeah, it's meant to be filmed in a continuous shot. And in terms of like taking you into, I don't know, the claustrophobia and like how horribly gory and unhygienic the trenches were, I feel like that film's good for that. And it doesn't glorify it either. It, like it's spectacle and it looks nice, mm. but it doesn't. It doesn't sort of make it seem righteous and that they should be there. I don't know yeah, if you this... agree with that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I thought they, I thought the most uh, notes that I had was to do with this, or my most significant mm. notes anyway, was because you weren't able to. There was no moments where you were like able to like look away from it. Like there wouldn't be someone getting stabbed, and it would just cut away to someone like covering their eyes or something. Like it would make you look. Mm. I mean, if you were looking, it would make you look at everything that was happening, including like a very disturbing. You call it mise en scène, which basically just means. When if you whenever you freeze the scene, what is in that scene? Um, mm. It would have all kinds of stuff in there that you probably haven't seen in other war films. Like uh, there was the guy who the dead guy was like submerged, like 
way deep in the mud, but there was like a hole so you could kind of see where he was. Mm. Like almost like almost like those games where you can see like sort of um you can you can see minerals underneath the ground, those sort of cartoon games. It was almost like it'd been there for a long, long time and he was just sort yeah. of sticking out of it. And that was oh, like God, yeah. the, that was one of the weirdly horrible things. I mean, people people died on in that film. But that was one of the more horrible things because you just don't see it very often, and you do think, "Oh God, that probably did happen." So yeah. I have a, I have a film in line with this, but I'll let you finish your points first. Oh yeah, I've got tons of stuff about yeah, this, got, so I've got more to say. Yeah, I've got oh, um. Go on. Go on. No, you go. You go. I, I was just <laughs> You're on a roll. Just, You're on a roll. You're on was, a roll. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> I mean, I I do think like that. I do think I, my whole idea was a bit binary of always oh, disrespectful or is it educational. Uh, but I do think uh, films like this, where they where they do give you some gritty details, I don't think it is disrespectful to do that or like or vulgar or anything like that. I think it is um, it's giving you the chance to sort of cringe at how horrific these this kind of scenery was, and I'm and, and that was a little extra bonus that came with the one shot idea that maybe mm. I wasn't expecting prior to it, and I thought that. The fact that there was all this action and all the, all these adrenaline things, and actually, the realistic, realistically, that film there wasn't a ridiculous amount of action. There was like a sort of a moderate amount of action, especially mm. for a war film, and it was realistic. But also, because you weren't sort of just cutting, and it wasn't just the energy wasn't in the editing; it was in what was happening. And so, mm. when whenever stuff was going crazy, like the, there was that sniper shootout thing, um, mm. whenever things were going crazy, you found yourself crashing. As, audi- as an audience, you found yourself crashing and just slowly getting exhausted at all the stuff happening. Oh yeah, like the scene with the gu- with um, the guy in the woods, uh, with the singing, and and, and at oh, that yeah. point he just collapsed. He was just in an alien environment, and he's just like, oh gonna, my god. I was going to say for that scene, I think that's one of the best sort of showcases for what they call it shell shock back then, but it's PTSD, isn't it? Like mm. that's 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 what it is now. The way he's sort of like hollowed out. And just laying there and he can only sort of half focus on one thing and not even like take into account the people around him. I thought that was like, I think there's like a sort of ringing buzzing noise in the background that's meant to be like tinnitus or whatever. I thought that all like the whole sort of soundscape that you get in that film that goes along with him is very, it's just, it feels real. It does it justice, yeah. I mean, I wish I'd done more research on like how veterans and stuff felt about that film. Um Mm. Oh, God, I the, wonder the, how many are alive, actually. But um, yeah, not uh, still, I just because um, I wonder if people went in there and felt all, like horrified watching it. Then I think that's as much as it's a bad thing to be like traumatized and horrified and PTSD and stuff. Um, anything that sort mm. of triggers emotions of people who are in that situation, it it, it triggers em- it will trigger like a realistic empathy in everyone else, and it is important that people understand what happened. Um, mm. So, like, yeah, things like that. I do, I do think it is um, weirdly educational. I haven't put, I can't put my finger on it really, but it is weirdly educational. It, it feels educational, doesn't it? It yeah. feels like it's accurate. Yeah, I came away and I was like, I felt, I felt really different. Like I didn't think it was like the best film ever, but I felt like it was like an experience. It was like a, um, mm. it was almost like I'd done it. It was almost like they'd, they'd it was almost like a World War One experience rather did than you, a film. Did you watch it in the cinema? Oh yeah, I watched it in the cinema like um, three of my mates. One yeah, of my I mates didn't it... like it because it didn't have a twist. Uh, <laughs> a twist? 
twist. It's based on a real, a real thing. I yeah, know. I said that. I said that too. <laughs> the twist um, is that the Germans won. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I think in a cinema, it was it was best in a cinema. Definitely. Yeah. I don't you, think it would have had the same. Yeah. I really wish I saw it. I, I wish I've seen it. I, I wish I saw it in the cinema. Uh, I feel the same yeah. about most films, though. I really, I really do feel. Like I feel they do sell it a bit, like oh, it has to be in the cinema, but I kind of does in some cases. Like you can't really experience it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, um, interesting thing about the um, I've got some random one World War One trivia as well. But um, uh, the thirty-nine seconds was the was the uh the smallest shot because uh, obviously they'd have kind of disguised cuts wouldn't they in the film yeah 39 yeah. seconds was this was the smallest amount of time that a shot was the longest one was eight and a half minutes mad could you imagine if an extra with like a bit like a sort of a sun hat <laughs> just got caught in like in, in, that, that, up. in, the, in the eighth minute just someone messes up their line mm. Mm. but i don't remember thinking like oh the acting and that was like yeah it was ridiculously good i liked how they have like they had like random big British actors just in it for like thirty seconds as well. Yeah, I like, like that. I like it's that. It's like generals and stuff. They just come into it for a bit. And you're like, oh wow. And they killed it as well. Back. They killed it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, Andrew, um, Andrew Scott's yeah. part was enjoyable in that with the flares. Oh, and uh, yeah, he was really good. And um, who was it near the end? Um, Richard Madden as the brother. I thought. He uh, was oh really yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I almost cried at that bit, and I've yeah. I've, I've rarely cried in the in like a cinema or watching a film, but that was that almost got me because it was, so felt so real. Right. Go on, Tom. Should I? Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Can I? I, I before yeah. we wait, go way too off off topic. I want to talk about a film that I think does the same thing, mm. and mm. I think it's it's obviously more of a more recent phenomena in films i think they actually show like the absolute brutality of war because all the mm. old ones like i think old films more than new ones are like look how great america is mm. you know but like mm. hacksaw ridge i don't know if you've, you've seen that yeah i've seen it uh, I the, haven't the, it's one of the only ones i haven't watched it's mel gibson directing it so you already know it's going to be pretty fucked up christian um, yeah and <laughs> well basically to give you a brief synopsis it's it's also based on a real story um andrew garfield plays a conscientious objector is that objector i don't know yeah yeah, no, I yeah. Think you're right. he um so yeah he he's really christian he joins the army and he just wants to be a medic he doesn't want to use a gun he doesn't even want to touch one he doesn't want to kill anyone and like mm. the first like act of it is building up and showing how great and humble this guy is and how everyone's like, everyone sort of picks on him, like, why are you here if you're not going to protect us, not going to back us? And it's sort of, it's very cinematic for the first act, I think, and it's it's like, it's building up this story, and then as soon as the second and third act come in, when he's actually on the battlefield, it just turns to absolute brutal carnage. Like, you mm. see, it's so, it's so visceral. And it's like it's like it's like a really cinematic opening, and then it just goes to something you'd expect to see from like recreations, not something in a film or like a documentary. Like if you had seen a documentary filmed of like the battlefields, it feels like that because it's like you see legs exploding off, you see people like getting shot through, like their body just teared apart. You just see it so viscerally, and there's just a big shock to everyone in there because it's like they've probably from like media and like recruitment or everything like that they've been they probably would have 
I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I wasn't there, but they, it seems like they would have like <laughs> made it seem better than it was, and then they all get this massive shock when they're actually on the battlefield and they see the people they've been training with for the last month torn apart instantly. Mm. And it's just, it's definitely not glorifying war, but I yeah. feel like it seems educational. But I feel like there's sort of like a third thing, like it's not glorifying war, and it's not massively educational but it's glorifying a certain moment or a person yeah as in as in the, like, the conscientious objector yeah because he was a real person and, and what he did was like real on hacksaw ridge like he saved i don't remember how many people but he saved like 30 40 50 people Sem- who 75 been, like, i'm reading yeah but who like mm. they lost like people who lost their legs and they like retreated and got off and he stayed up there overnight finding these people and saving their lives and like lowering them down to the bottom of the ridge and he stayed up there on his own all night going around and saving people and it's Mm. just like obviously that's an incredible incredible thing to do and it should be glorified because it's something that actually happened but i think that's obviously a well put thing where it's not glorified it's not glorifying the war or the battle or anything else that happened it's educating Mm. you and glorifying this one man who did like an incredible thing it does sound like a different tone uh, to 1970. Well, the big ones, I'd say, are Saving Private Ryan yeah. 1917 that come in my head uh, because I feel like the the, the prior two, they're more of a um, they, they they kind of they're they're, they're, they're shock value, but it's for deterrent. Mm. Uh, whereas it sounds yeah. like um, from what I'm sa- hearing about Hacksaw Ridge, it's more of like a sort of a glory story about how someone was excellent it's, in, in a certain it's scenario. A bit of both because it's. It's absolutely deterring anyone. Like they all, mm. you can see in all of like the characters' eyes, they regret it because it's just, it's so visceral like, and mm. it's just so gory. And I remember reading some of the reviews when it came out, and it would be like Mark Commode and like all of them were saying like they've never seen a war film portray the battles quite like it is because it's just it like it sort of makes you feel ill how how like eat how it won't shy away from any shot mm. you see like some of the japanese soldiers like running in with like um like grenades and you just see them explode you've seen saving just, power Ryan, yeah. haven't you yeah yeah is it is it not is it more than is it more so than that more graphic than... definitely oh, yeah. I, I, I think it's on a level with the normandy beach scene from saving, saving private ryan from my experience i was gonna say yeah. that that first scene I was talking about it with my mum earlier. She, she couldn't finish it. She couldn't watch it. There's, there's a I bit in that scene where the guy, I where a guy gets his gets his arm blown off, and he picks it up yeah. and runs up the beach with it. Mm. It's mad. I, I haven't seen that film in a while, so I might be forgetting certain aspects of it. But from what I, I remember, it was worse. I, I should say right from the get go that I'd say Private Ryan might. I mean, now I'm thinking of it, I probably wouldn't even have remembered it if someone asked me what one of the best films of all time is, but that would be on that top five list. If I, if I had every, everything in my archives, like for me to look for, I think I'd, that would go on my top five list in terms of mm. how effective a movie was at doing what it wanted mm. to do. Like well, that and the thing with the, like picking up his arm, moving around. I know I've no, well, Steven Spielberg is Jewish. So he'd have no reason to glorify war, especially world war two. Mm. Uh, and so like, like stuff like that, you know, he put that in because he wanted uh, the audience to feel like, oh my god, I can't believe stuff like that happened. Not because he wanted to shock the audience into loving the film. If you know what I mean? Yeah. 
But I've um, got um. You go. For, I was going to say for for Saving Private Ryan, that and um, Fury, I think, have the same sort of tone. Mm. Uh, in terms of they go for like the sort of educational aspect where they show how horrible war can be, but then near the end it sort of starts to glorify it a little bit more, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's really annoying. I definitely you haven't seen seen Fury. It. No, I haven't. Oh, I will so I will good. I'll watch it this that week. It's really good. Um but yeah, it, I don't know, it, it shows how visceral it can be, but then it then it sort of it cuts to like a battle where five people or something like that heroically kill about a hundred people and it yeah. sort of glorifies them and obviously the people they're killing are meant to be bad people i understand that but i don't know i feel like if it had gone if it had kept the same tone throughout it'd be a bit more like you'd see it weigh on the people's conscience and stuff like that do you know what i mean yeah yeah and i i was just also i was just thinking i've, I've got loads more notes on private ryan but it was just it just occurred to me like right now um I think the title is a lot more interesting with Saving Private Ryan because like a lot of the other ones are sort of one-worders and stuff like that, almost like sort of really catchy. And Saving Private Ryan is almost trivial. Like it sounds so trivial considering the start of the film. And I reckon like people watching that for the first time may come across in their head like, God, this is called Saving Private Ryan. It's it's a rescue mission about one guy why everyone is dying these all horrific, realistic, gritty deaths. And it's just talking about this one guy that everyone's going to save. And there was that resentment was built up right from the start. Apparently, I didn't actually write this down, but I remember seeing that um, all of the main cast in terms of the the soldiers, they all went through like a um, a horrible training regime thing, like ridiculous, like fitness and all that sort of stuff, like an army regime. Um, Mm. But they didn't make Matt Damon do it just to build up that actor resentment like into actor resentment uh and also apparently there was a, a vote to quit doing it but tom hanks quite enjoyed it and tom hanks no. overruled the rest of them so they carried on doing it i wonder if that was i wonder if that was captain <laughs> as well because he was the captain wasn't it be a bit of resentment towards him as well yeah, yeah. 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 they didn't seem to resent him in the film but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if there was something in that um also oh i get this out of the way um the, th- the thing i said earlier about it, i can't believe it was a 15 I think at one point it was going to be a 17. Uh, and obviously, like, marketing-wise, a 17, a 17 rating in, in America, maybe. I don't know. Oh, so, right. I saw something about it being a 17-rated film. Uh, and I it think, isn't, like, R-rated hmm? or something, a 17 in America. That, yeah, that's probably what it is then, oh, right. R-rating. Oh, I, I don't know. And if uh, we have American a, viewers, don't hold me to that. In a, mar- <laughs> in a, in a marketing uh, sense, that probably, like, you wouldn't want that. You want it to be as low as possible so that more people would watch it. But I, yeah. um, Steven Spielberg was very, very adamant that you didn't want to cut any version of the film, which which was a very, um, yeah, very strong principle. Like um, India also wanted to, like, they they banned it from cinemas because it was too violent, and asked him for a cut version, and Spielberg like refused. So like, no, I want to just want to release it how it is, and they were like, yeah. I think oh, I can't remember some leader of in- India or like some very, very. Um, someone in a prestigious position went uh, watched the film, and they were like, "Okay, that is a really good film. You can you can have it like fully, like the full version." So you know there there was a strong there was some strong morals and principles in the making of that film. It wasn't a cash grab, which I mean, this still Steven Spielberg. He's he's an, he's an artist uh, more than he is a businessman, isn't he? Mm. So uh, barely barely even worth mentioning that, but. Um, 
Any more any more on Saving Private Ryan? I didn't actually I make many notes on Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. Surprising no, I, I said that's the film. I only that's... I wrote about the stuff I said for glorification and stuff, that's about mm. it. Hmm. I suppose it's not World War One, so it's it's like not necessarily well, I, again, not, yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I keep forgetting it's not about... It's not, it's not one of my favourites either, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, really? Ne- neither. Oh, it's I my favourite, without a doubt. I think my favourites are 1917 and Fury. I, I think mine's probably Hacksaw Ridge and my next one, Dunkirk. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. So, what I've said about this one, because obviously it's not your standard war film because like usually with a war film you get placed either with like a group of people or like one person and the film tries to make you care about these characters like these characters make you um feel for them and like connect with them and then whatever happens to them you feel emotionally invested and then with dunkirk nolan did something completely different he just showed you probably probably near enough like 20 characters that we just jump from character to character and you never spend enough time with them to um like actually connect with them on an emotional level and like really care about them they're just sort of characters and i think i remember reading somewhere that he did this on purpose just to just be like this is what war was war was like that ev- so many people were there you didn't know any of them and but mm. they all mat- like they all mattered and you could like you, you don't really have enough time to connect with them, and he wanted to show just how vast it was and how it affects everyone. And there's a couple scenes that are just like when they're on the beach um, for the evacuation, and one of the characters we're following is just running through, and there's so so many people. And I think it definitely doesn't glorify it because obviously Dunkirk was a like a monumental point in the war, and it doesn't. I don't think it glorifies it, but it just it sort of shows you just how vast it was and such how how much of an important moment it was and it doesn't it doesn't try and glorify characters or specific people it sort of just shows you what happened in it's sort of like documentary style i think like obviously it's not a documentary but it just sort of presents it and just like this is what happened we're not gonna make it it's not even like really like a cinematic film because it's just like this is what happened. You're not going to see anything. Actually. You're not going to see anything. Quite, f- I, I quite just a don't bit think it's cinematic. What about Obviously, when there's uh, a couple Tom, bits like when Tom Hardy Tom Hardy runs like, out yeah. of fuel. Yeah, yeah. But I think like most overall, overall, it's not too flashy. And it's just like this is what happened. Experience it. I, I did find it less. I don't know. I I I the tone of the, I'm not sure I'm on board with the tone of it because I I mean I only just found out it was directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, mm. I mean not not from what when you said it, but like when I was uh, <laughs> researching earlier. Um, but no, no, I I I remember thinking like some of the shots and like the whole like, it didn't feel as gritty. Yeah, everyone like you know everyone had just like clean non dirty faces. Everything just seemed a bit fluffier. In that film than it did in other films. I I don't know. I, I watched it. I've watched, watched it. it. I've watched it like three times. I watched it recently, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's that at all. I don't obviously, think. I think it's quite down to earth because obviously Nolan has this particular style of filmmaking, and he could have made it like he could have made it like one of his films, but it doesn't really feel like one of his films. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's I don't know why, but like, I find it odd that Harry Styles in it as well. 
I he, think I mean bits... he didn't do anything wrong in the film. Like I mean, no. I think there's like none of the characters really get given a chance to really show their acting skills because, as I said, it's quite. It's like they're just they're just there. They're not really. They don't have their big moments. They don't have their massive like character arcs. They're just yeah. people. There. I think there's bits in it that are um, that are quite real, like you said, Tom. But there's also quite um, cinematic and sort of cheesy moments, like you know, at the end where they're coming back on the train, and everyone's like they think everyone's not going to cheer for him, and then suddenly they do. And then someone hands the guy a beer through the window. I thought that bit was was quite cheesy. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it has its moments of realism, and yeah, I'd agree. I think like overall though. If you look at if you look at well, my next example is one I said that I think extremely glorifies it. But if you just look at um, like films in general, I wouldn't I'd say it's more educational than it is glorifying in terms mm. of showing you what happened. Um, what I was also what I was going to say about the um, the, there were there were quite a lot of sort of scenes like sort of meant they were meant to be quite tense scenes. Well, I, I don't know. I, I really wish I'd like had more time to sort of really watch the scene. But I remember thinking there were a couple of scenes, especially like in the water, where it's like one of those tent scenes where you feel like they're definitely going to survive. Like those kind of ones that feel very Hollywood. Well, like uh, the one with Killian Murphy. Uh, possibly, but I um I can't actually remember, mean, I can't remember who it was because I watched it like. Do you mean the one in the the one in the boat when they're getting shot at? Uh, poss- possibly, possibly. Oh, but... yeah. Where all the water's leaking in. Yeah, it, w- it did seem like one of those. Oh, and there's another stake, and there's another stake. It just, uh, it um, didn't necessarily. It just didn't feel as gritty. It was still a good film, but like the the bar was completely set by Saving Private Ryan for me. Uh, mm. And I just didn't. And then, and then, obviously, redeemed again by 1917. I, just, I don't. I wouldn't put Dunkirk on the same platform as those two. Uh, in my, in my I, I haven't seen 1917, so I can't really. Uh, I, yeah, feel, yeah. I feel like you should watch Hacksaw Ridge because it is great and it's got a yeah, great, no, no, perf- great performance from good. Andrew Garfield. Do you think they um they both well we we did we talked about Hacksaw Ridge, but do you think Fury does justice to sort of how horrific war is? Because mm. that is that is the big thing. Yeah. Like, we want to stop oh, people from definitely making the same definitely. mistakes. There's even the the character of Brad Pitt in it. He's sort of as the sergeant. He's a bit of a I don't know. He's a bit of a teacher to the. So right, I need to explain the other <laughs> layout of like the squad before I even talk about this. So the mm. whole the start of the film it shows Brad Pitt going through like a like a I don't know a battlefield or whatever. Loads of dead Germans and stuff around, uh, and he shoots this guy who comes through on a horse and then gets back in his tank. Which is just called Fury, with his squad inside there, and they go back to this base, and they've lost a guy, so they need a new one, and this other guy comes in, and that's the guy we follow throughout. He's the guy from um, Thirteen Reasons Why. I can't remember what the actor's called. Oh uh, no, that's not he. The person in is Logan Lerman. The person in Thirteen oh. Reasons Why is something else. He's a they person really from similar. Perks. Yeah, they do. He's a person from Perks of Being a Wallflower, Logan Lerman, and Percy Jackson, the greatest oh, right. film ever. No, Tom, it is Logan Lerman. I just looked. No, in 13 Reasons Why it's not. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Either way, yeah. um, so Brad Pitt sort of throughout the film teaches him like about war etiquette. I don't know how else to mm. put it. It's not as like cheesy and weird as it sounds. 
he mm. sort of just tries to shape him into someone who can deal with war. And yeah. you sort of see war through his eyes, like that he's like the gunner at the front of the tank. And as the tank moves forward, it like runs over people's heads. So you see people's heads pop. Yeah. You see like the bullets go into people as you go past. There's this bit where they're in like this French town and two of the the tank crew try to rape this French girl and uh, Brad Pitt and the other guy get her away into like a building or whatever. And that's members of their crew. They They just sort of show what it was like, how desperate people were and mm. like how horrific it could be. Um, yeah. And then I don't know, near the end, they sort of, they see, they do the same thing that saving private Ryan does where they sort of try and make people go out in a blaze of glory. So they like the tank. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. But, yeah, okay. but something, something happens and yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very good in, in showing the visceral side of world war two. And how awful people could be as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I'll, just one thing I forgot about Dunkirk. I've got like a few notes. Uh, first of all, the captain, uh, I think his name is Branagh or something. Branagh. 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 Apparently, he was an invented <laughs> character. Uh, wasn't actually in the situation. And also, the contemporary shots of the town of Dunkirk were inaccurate because. Um, the the sort of the Dunkirk area, the civilized area, was all in ruins uh, by the time the evacuation happened. Uh, which I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a big deal. It's it's, it's sort of. Uh, I feel like accu- accuracy should be respected. Any, I think all accuracy should be respected, uh, even if it's something like trivial like that. Um, but yeah, that's just a, that's just a little detail. I th- I feel like they wouldn't have that as well. They wouldn't have like sort of. Establishing shots in like in films like well they didn't have it in 1917 because it was a cracking a tracking shot. It's also a cracking, a cracking shot. shot. It's a cracking <laughs> shot. <laughs> but, um, I don't think they'd have that in the um, in like Saving Private Ryan in 1917. Uh, just because. Oh so my cool. god, that was bad. <laughs> that, first, that first scene in Dunkirk where. Um, they're like walking through the town and all the leaflets and stuff are coming down and then they start getting shot at. I thought that was unreal. That made me shit myself in the cinema when I saw that. Oh, when no, the, when yeah, the bullets start coming that. in. Oh, I was like, whoa. Yeah, and then like half his squad gets killed and he just trots down to the beach. You're like, oh God, the stakes are high. <laughs> I remember, I remember thinking, do, do you remember in um, the Saving Private Ryan where um, it was the, the, the sniper bit with the, uh, it was raining and there was a oh, sniper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel's and then, bit. And then you were like, yeah, yeah. And then you were like tracking, you were sort of like following the guy in the sniper tower. And mm. then and then you just went across and you just saw, oh, is that guy lying down the sniper? Oh, hole in the head. Yeah. It would have been was... better if, if Vin Diesel had stomped the ground and said, the street always wins. And then yeah, but that wouldn't have been I don't know why, but I really hate the fact that Vin Diesel's in a war film like Saving <laughs> Private Ryan. He did a good job, though, I thought. He's I didn't quite good in it, yeah. Him. He is quite good <laughs> in it. Um, I, I've only got one more film here, but it's a proper terrible example, like the sort of one I should have led with, so the oh, podcast... Yeah, I've got one episode. more as well. I've got one more too. I've got Ooh. a glorious bastard here. Ooh, I That's what I've got. I, uh, mine isn't... Ooh. But I've got um again like comedy, bit like um uh bit like um Black Adder. But um 
I, I feel like it was comedy at the expense of Nazis, which is kind of okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just fun, isn't it? It's a fun film. Yeah, it's, it's just not... like a... But there are some incredibly tense scenes, like the one with Michael yeah. Fassbender in the bar. That is yeah. so good. Crazy, that crazy. scene is just so good. I got my Luger pointed at your Nazi balls. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favourite bit is a bit at the end where uh, Brad Pitt's trying to pretend to be Italian. He's just got such a Bonjourno. strong southern accent. Like, Grazzi. <laughs> That's so yeah. odd. I remember watching I that bit and I was like, oh my god, this film is <laughs> weird. That, um, oh. Who is it? Christoph Holtz? Is that his name? Christoph Waltz, yeah. Waltz. Him Waltz. as the, yeah, he's uh, the so commander good. in that is unbelievable. Didn't he win the best Oscar villains. for that? Yeah, I think so. Well yeah, renowned. He's so good. But he's, yeah, he's in Django Unchained, which is another good Quentin film. War film. Yeah. Thoroughly um, enjoyed the opening <laughs> film. The, the opening yeah. scene where, yeah, au revoir, Shoshana. Yeah, that's <laughs> sick. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. The, bit, the bit where he's um, using rat as an analogy to describe, not is that, that's the wrong word, isn't it? Um, as, as a metaphor for describing uh, rats. Uh, yeah. Rats describing uh, Jews even, and then they were oh, and yeah. then he was describing Nazis as like eagles or like something like that. Yeah, or, like birds of prey. And I remember thinking, "Oh my god, that's so." Because he seemed like he it was it was weird because as a as a character, he didn't seem like like irrationally hateful towards Jews. Like more like um, uh, more like um, almost objective. Like he understood his job, He's and that was all be... he was going to do. He's meant to be like a ambitious, I don't know, power grabber, isn't he? I think rather yeah. than someone that, that actually mm. hates. Rather than someone, yeah, because he doesn't, isn't it at the end, like, he doesn't, like, he sort of reveals that he doesn't really agree with Hitler. It's more that he wants to go to the top. Mm. I found that very, yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember the specifics of that conversation, but yeah, he sort of gives himself up, doesn't he, to. Yeah, and then they he, put the yeah. little cross in his head. Mm, fair play. Yeah. Probably deserved it. I was very yeah. close. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I was um I was very close to doing that film instead, but I went for one that I think is well, I is I don't think it is. It is based on a more recent war. I went with Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, I haven't which, seen that. I haven't seen that. Um it's sort of, well, it is based on a war, but basically it's just um, it's a film about the capture and assassination of Osama bin Laden. Oh, and yeah, I've heard of that. It's a lot of it is quite brutal because there's got some pretty intense torture scenes. So, I what I said, what I was saying earlier that this sort of glorifies it, but I've now that I'm rethinking about it, it definitely doesn't because it just shows how far and how dreadful America were when they were trying to capture him because obviously he, like Bin Laden had pushed them so far that they just really didn't care because there's in, so many intense torture scenes that just go quite far and mm. then um, I may be remembering this wrongly but in the actual scene where they, like surprise surprise um, they capture him at the end and kill him um, <laughs> but in that scene I'm fairly sure some of the soldiers in it I don't remember. I could be entirely wrong, but I think some of them like shoot some innocent people, mm. and I don't. I think it's like a mixture of them being like terrified and like scared in the situation and nervous. But obviously, it definitely doesn't glorify mm. America. Mm. It's sort of it's like they're like 
yes, we did this amazing thing in capturing Bin Laden, but it came at a very big cost in like their own mora- morality. Yeah. And yeah. it's also some of the, it's, I say it's quite educational because obviously when they captured him, I wasn't that in tune with the news and I don't remember paying much attention to the ins and outs of <clears throat> what they did to capture him. But watching the film, it does go into a lot of detail about the like inner workings of how it, of how it happened. I don't and think the they'd exaggerate it. I'd be surprised yeah, if they exaggerated it. I would, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the director, obviously, um, the director, she does a lot of, like, films based on real events because she directed Detroit, which is an incredibly. So I'd say that, not visceral in terms of gore, but in just terms of what happens, I'd say that's quite a visceral film as well. And it, um, she does she does a good job at portraying these real life events in a way that's realistic and stays in tune with what happened but also quite cinematic and makes you really invested with everything that's happening yeah yeah i originally i was like because it came to my head and i was like yeah that that glorifies it it makes america look great and how they took in how they took down a um bin laden but now i'm thinking yeah definitely not i i would say that most of if we are going to try and make the argument at any point that um these sort of things can glorify war I don't think many film. Uh, to be honest, I can't think of any films that have done that. But I think yeah, games outright. might be where you start to think, mm, like, like, like some of some of the ridiculous like rescue missions where it was almost like uh, no collateral damage from the <coughs> Americans and all the all the torturous people on the other side, like who do all mm. these nasty things. I do, I do feel like games are a little bit less cautious with the effects they might have. Especially on young people, like young people yeah. buy Call of Duty nowadays. Um, well, I have been doing it for a very long time, and I do, I do sometimes wonder if that completely desensitizes people to like the whole like, um, oh, we we are the goodies, they're the baddies, and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and I, and I, I think, think that is information. I'm obviously again. I'm sure we. I'm sure there are a lot of films that do just make like America out to be an incredible force and like everything was like perfect from their point of view and they didn't do anything wrong because I'm sure there are a lot of films that did that but we I mean not we probably it's not that we haven't seen them it's probably that we have just haven't remembered them or noted them down for this because there must be there's no way that all of them would just be like this is war it was (laughs) always dreadful both sides were dreadful like in Terminator 2 where he like um, where he uh, has a grenade launcher and he just fires it at loads and loads of police and it's like zero casualties. <laughs> you know, I can imagine an American film where there's like Osama bin Laden in a clearing with a well not a clearing because like in a crowd full of people and like some American just would fire just an RPG and it would just go straight into Osama bin Laden missing the rest <laughs> yeah, of the crowd. Just ten minutes <laughs> so like that. And then yeah. the little thing beeps. Zero tragedy, sir. Zero <laughs> Zero <laughs> that, tragedies. there's no tragedies here (laughs) yeah but that would be like the sort of the hyper exaggerated version of sort of how films could go uh yeah based on like the allies versus the axis or whatever or or the modern version uh but you know i i I suppose i suppose i can't really think of any very famous films that have done it, which probably means that people have ignored the bad ones, which... In I'd that say case, it's I'm probably... 
it's probably more of a case of like the older war films, like probably ones from like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s that would do it more than the mm. ones nowadays. Yeah. It was all propaganda, wasn't it, back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I, don't, is there, I don't suppose anyone's got any notes which they regret not reading out. I have covered all of mine. Let me just double check for you, Henry. Henry? Uh, I had I had Jarhead. Jarhead. Um, I do yeah, like Jarhead. That is good. It's film. about it's about the Iraq War in like nineteen ninety, where it's about a load of soldiers who go over there, like American soldiers, and basically mm. lose their minds. <laughs> basically, there's no other way to say it. Like it's sort of it's about the waiting more than anything for something to happen when you're a soldier that sort of sends you insane. And then once they get to the moment where they actually have to go out and kill people, they're not with it. I don't know how else to describe it. That's, mm. uh, I need to make sure that is the Jake Gyllenhaal one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought so. It's, it's a lot. The whole film's sort of about, I don't know, like the effect of hyper, hyper masculinity around. Yeah each other and what it does to like people's minds mm. it's interesting it's interesting there's a different so, look at war a more so modern the, bo- one. the bottom line of this podcast is that luckily films haven't really glorified war too much uh no there's been well, a couple of yeah. occasions in a in call of duty <laughs> where five americans have gone into an embassy of like billions of enemies and killed all of them <laughs> and come out with like one casualty uh but besides that we're, we're doing like, all right. We're doing yeah, all right. I mean, this is just. I feel people. like games do quite a good job of like tending to not glorify it because it's quite. There's a game that it's like it's always in like the YouTube lists of like top ten twists in games. But there's a game called Spec Ops: The Line where there's a bit where don't say the twist. Yeah, but there, I, okay, let's just say there's a bit where something happens. Was there a twist? And, well, it's sort of. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. You like that one? Yeah, but like, there's, there's some something happens and it's really, really disturbing, and it's sort of it's sort of portraying wars like, like it's sort of portraying like innocence in wars, like faceless people that don't like 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 the governments behind the like people in war, they just don't care about the faceless innocents because they're just they don't see them, so it doesn't matter. That actually, that just reminded me, and it's a it's a weird example, but um, uh, this probably this will probably be my final example because mm. uh, I've been running on empty in the last ten minutes. But um, <laughs> there's there's an example in Black Mirror actually. Um, there's an episode. Oh yeah, and I was... highly recommend you watch it. Where um, oh yeah, and you probably won't even realize you're watching it until um, you probably won't even realize if you haven't watched it already. You'll probably realize like three quarters of the way through this was the one I'm talking about, but um. It's basically the idea of um, people being portrayed a certain way, and almost, and even in in the future, being forced to be seen a certain way. And as soon as that sort of mask, and it is really only just a mask, only a mask. As soon as that mask fades or goes away, and it's like it's something so insignificant as that mask that, uh, and then everyone realizes what they've been doing this whole time, and it's that tiny little tweak in your head, and. And it's just it's just ignorance, and it's just um, only being able to see through one way. And I thought that was one of the more educational. I mean, it's Charlie Brooker, so he's obviously going to be an 
absolute god at making us think a certain way uh, ahead of time. Um, but no, yeah, Black Mirror was is very very good in terms of warning us and in, in terms of our like own attitude in terms of technology and war and in that example and whatever. But yeah, that that's probably one of the better examples I thought of, and and I only just thought of it. But yeah, yeah, good stuff. So thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming to bring the podcast. It was a bit of a serious tone at times, but I, I, I hope you stay with us. Sometimes we like to bring pro- proper discussions to you. Sometimes yeah. we want to be serious. Hopefully, the intellectuals liked this week. Yeah. yeah. If you if you stayed, you're an intellectual. That's yeah. right. And, and if yes. you're still here, you'll probably listen to all the other podcasts in entirety because that's you, an intellectual. Yeah, really? a clever really? person. And all the dumb people didn't hear that bit, so. Yeah. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming Goodbye. to the podcast. Yeah, thanks um, for listening. I, I don't want to reveal our plans for next week, but it's a good one. It is. So make sure you make sure you tune in next week too. Not just this week. Nah, nah don't bother next week. Oh, two Henry. That was a little bit of a teaser. Two. Nah, I don't bother. I can't even remember saying that now. Oh, okay. Thanks for coming. Bye. <laughs> Bye.